welcome to the Nobody Asked Our Opinion podcast, a podcast where two disgusting harlots talk about all things pop culture. This harlot's JJ. And this harlot's Joanna. Wow. And no one died this week. Wee! Wee! <laughs> At least not the no, uh, of, of uh, note. <laughs> as of recording right now on Tuesday the 8th at 1013 Pacific Standard Time. <laughs> I am not aware of any major celebrity death that has happened. Um, we hopefully don't have to print a retraction because somebody <laughs> dies tomorrow. Right. Please don't. I'm really, I'm really happy to not have to do death. Yeah, we could just have a normal, a normal kind of just talk about random gay shit and random stuff that we think is kind of fun. And you know what? All of our news is really upbeat this week. I'm really excited yeah. about that. Yeah. Like it's we don't, nice. we're not, oh, no Debbie Downers today. No. It's all real cool, real fun stuff, real just lighthearted shit, y'all. So sit back and relax. You don't have to like you grab for your tissues. Pour yourself a drink. Oh, pour me a drink too. <laughs> um, pour one out for the homies. We're the homies. <laughs> and um, cozy up by the fire unless you don't have a fireplace then cozy up somewhere that's safe um don't start a fire um and uh let's talk about some cool shit because uh hey did you know that 70s show had a spinoff because it's coming and you know what they have a cast announcement mm-hmm. and this is from my understanding they had a very unsuccessful spinoff a while back, I think it was called That 80s Show. Oh, yeah, no, that one was bad. It was real bad. It was real bad. I don't think it lasted a, a season, if it did. Um, but they're coming through with another That 90s Show and, um, um, on Netflix. Does that make you feel like you're 900 years old? Because uh, I feel like I'm 900 years old now. Oh, no. I mean, because we're now as far away from the '90s as when the sh- when the '70s show came out was from when the that '70s show came out. Yeah, like that '70s show was far as far from the '70s as that '90s show is from the '90s. It's ridiculous. That's what I just said. You said something different. I said exactly the same thing, but with different words. Okay, let's moving on. <laughs> um, so it goes. It's. Mo- it's 1995, and uh, Eric and Donna's daughter uh, is visiting uh, visiting for the summer, and it's their antics. Visiting her grandparents. Oh, grandparents. Yeah. I, Kitty and Red. That's right, Kitty. <laughs> we love her. Deborah Jo Rupp. Yep, the and Kurt, uh, Kurt Wood Smith. They're both set to reprise their roles. And, and that's enough of an announcement to make me come back and watch it. I that mean, and I love Topher Grace. I don't know how far how much involved Topher Grace Grace is, but like I love Deborah Joe. I mean the the 70s show has uh, I mean it's it I watched it during my formative years. Um we and it launched a lot of careers. This is where Mila Kunis, Ashton Kutcher got their Wilbur Valderrama got his uh, start. This is this is where I knew Topher Grace, Laura, Pr- uh, like everybody, on um, all the kids from the show went on to do bigger and bigger and better things. It launched several careers, in addition to like 
keeping like Kurtwood Smith in the in the zeitgeist of young people. I the last the last thing I remember seeing him in was uh, the first RoboCop movie. <laughs> And he played a bad guy, a very, very bad man in that movie. I mean, one would argue that Red <laughs> Foreman is also not a very nice man. Well, it, He has his moments, but... He didn't shoot up a, a, a cop in in absolute cold cold blood on that 70s show, but he, he, did, did, also say he did threaten to put foot in asses. And he said disparaging things about Star Wars. I mean, death to Smoochie. But we get a new like new cast of characters, um, you know, introducing new new uh, friends. I think there's a there's a little sister. There's children and stuff. Uh, there's a best friend. There's another friend, or so we have new to the cast. Will help be Maxwell, AC Donovan, Ashley. Aphrodite and Ooh. Mace Cor- uh, Coronel. Coronel? Coronel. I don't know. Names are hard. If you're looking for those names, it's at the top of the article under their pictures. Ah. Because I smart. Uh, but oh, no, I'm excited a, a... to see what uh, people's thoughts are on the 90s and to see how it plays and to be watching that and then like, huh, I remember that and then feel like I'm 90. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be, uh, I'm, I'm hoping it'll be a huge nostalgia bomb. And not just a bomb. Yeah, that 80s show was real bad. Oh, real bad. It was real bad. But, um, hey, let's talk about some gay shit. Let's talk about some gay shit. Let's and talk successful about gay shit. Gay stuff. Um, j- uh, apparently the Olympics are going on. This was unbeknownst to me. Oh, I, I was aware <laughs> that it had started. I was like, oh, cool, yeah, Winter Olympics is happening in Beijing. Neat. I forgot because they're doing like two Olympics. Because we it had was pushback. Because the panini happened. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Panini is still happening, and if, uh, I recently just read an article about one of the U.S. figure skaters uh, having to step out of the competition because of because of the Omarion. Yeah, I think he had. To, I think one of the U.S. figure skaters had tested positive twice. Oh no! So they're like, you can't compete, and he's like, well, damn, and that's got to be a really shitty way to like not compete. It's just like you you just got COVID. Tested positive for COVID twice, oh, which is, which is shit. But hey, let's talk about the gay stuff. I'm here for the gay stuff. So, um, and not just like, because this is actually a legit, like, really big accomplishment by this athlete. But um, a, I think her her name is Irene Voost. From the Netherlands. From the Netherlands. And she is the first uh, Olympic athlete. She's a speed skater. And is the first Olympic athlete to win gold in her event. Five Olympics in a row. And. She's bisexual. She's a bisexual. uh, Woman. Woman. And 
the fact that I mean, the fact that she won that many medals. I mean, there's a picture on her Instagram of all her medals. That's ridiculous for any human being. It's so many. And to achieve five gold in five consecutive Olympics, that's in in her in her respective sport is astounding. She currently has twelve medals medals total, and she still has yet to. Uh, as of when was this article written? As of yesterday. As of February seventh. At 1 p.m. Eastern time. Eastern time, she has two more uh, two more events to compete uh, to do. So she may have a couple more medals to add to her list. But um, I mean, kudos to her. The fact that she, I mean, anybody has won. The fact that she has won one, not to mention twelve Olympic gold medals, and five of which are gold. It's astounding to me. You said twelve Olympic gold medals, five of which are gold. Twelve, oh yeah, twelve. Uh, twelve Olympic medals, not Olympic gold medals. <laughs> yes, she won five gold medals. I know, and you said she won twelve gold medals first, and then you said five of which are gold. So, twelve medals, five of which are gold. There it is. And um, that's that's super astounding. And that like you know you hear about all your like Michael Phelps and uh, I'm trying to think of a Winter Olympic Apollo Anton Ono. He was a speed skater, I think. I think so. I'm going to go with yes. I remember he was on ice skates. I remember he was on Dancing with the Stars. (laughs) I'm trying to think of other winter... Because Michael Phelps is Summer Olympics. That's Summer Olympics. He's a swimmer. Um, Christy Yamaguchi. Figure skater. I can do do skaters. Tara Lipinski. Michelle Kwan. uh, uh, Johnny Weir. Uh, uh, I can do more. Uh... (laughs) Uh, oh my god, why can't I think of his first name? Adam Rapon. I can do figure skaters all day long because I like the gay side of the Olympics. Um, and I always have. Um, I watched a lovely thing about uh, on Netflix, uh, Getting Curious with Jonathan, Jonathan Van Ness. And he talked all about why in the 90s we were obsessed with figure skating. And I was like, same girl, same. For realsies, but kudos to uh, Voost and her um, and her accolades. That's uh, that's amazing. Good for you. Awesome possum. Y- you, you sports the best, friend. Yeah, and I mean, she sports the best. Clearly, out of a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> she sported the best, and she's the best ne- Netherlands. I thought she was U.S. I could have sworn she was. She was a U.S. I literally uh, says at the top that she's from the Netherlands. She's from the Netherlands, but she could be on Team USA. Well, she sported the best from the Netherlands. Maybe she's doing it in honor of the United States, but I don't know how sports work. Anyhow, I'm okay with that. She did all the things. Good for her. And she's 35. I'm pushing 35 now. Couldn't. There would be no way. No, absolute no way. I would. I would break all of my. All of my limbs. There's no way. Um, let's talk about more gay stuff. All of the gay things. So, um, you know Eddie Izzard? I love Eddie Izzard. Eddie Izzard is a gender fluid comedian, does funny things. Um, so he just bagged the role of Dr. Nina Jekyll. 
that's not what it is in the story. Um, in a modern retelling of Robert Louis Stevenson's uh, 1886 novel, Jekyll and Hyde. And that's really exciting. So, um, because we love a twist, y'all. Uh, yeah, and uh, we all know of the story of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's, you know, a man dealing with two, you know, a conflicting personalities, all that good stuff. And with a, this time in this new, I think, is this a, this is a movie, I believe, right? Or is this like a stage play? A radio play? What's I think this is a movie, I want to say. But, Upcoming film. Yeah. Dr. Jekyll. So it's, it's, this is a really interesting and cool kind of twist on the narrative that um, now we get to see a female, or at least female presenting, uh, Nina Jekyll, mm -hmm. uh, you know, fight with her uh, murderous Dr. Ga uh, doppelganger, uh, I guess it would be Mrs. Hyde, huh? Or maybe Mister. I don't know. It what's... could be Mister. It could be Mister because um, Eddie Izzard is gender fluid, so it would be really interesting to see a masculine, feminine take played by the same actor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Eddie Izzard has been known to like kind of push the boundaries of gender norms uh, in his uh, com comedic career. Um, one of my one of my favorite specials he had, uh, Dress to Kill. He's in like a uh, he's in like this like flowery frock with a full bead of makeup and telling all the jokes and it's fucking hilarious. He's got a great sense of humor. Oh, um, we stand corrected. We use proper pronouns. Apparently, Eddie Izzard um, is using she/her pronouns. Okay. So and. She, I love uh, she, some of the some of my most f fond memories like in college were uh, watching her uh, her uh, her specials on uh, like bootleg or whatever and so and you know at the time she would there'd be moments where she would you know maybe dress up on stage and the other times where she'd just be she'd be male presenting but um, it was always never. It was never really about being, uh, you know, I'm a man in a dress or who, like, what, what am I or like. It has never. It was never that. In fact, he kind of. She would make jokes about it, saying, "I think, very famously, she called herself um, an executive transvestite for uh, for many years," um, and so it's cool to see that, like, you know. We get rep we get trans gender fluid uh, representation on the uh, on the you know on the big screen and we have uh, and it's and this is a very very well respected like piece of work like this is this is classic art. Yeah, I just skimmed through the article again, and so we don't get a whole lot of information except for that it's going to be. Uh, Dr. Nina uh, Jekyll, and she will be interacting with, oh, as it explores Jekyll's budding friendship with her laboratory aide, Rob, played by newcomer Scott Chambers. So I'm excited to see it, because I do love a good Jekyll and Hyde story, and I'm excited to see what they're going to do with it. 
Cause so snaps to Eddie Izzard. Snap, snap, snap. Uh, hey, you want to talk about more gay shit? We can talk about talk about some drag race. Hail to the yell. All right, as you loyal <laughs> listeners know, we are about to hit our Drag Race 20, where we set a timer and we talk about Drag Race for 20 minutes and 20 minutes only. For your benefit, not ours, because when left to our own devices, we will talk about Drag Race for forever. So we are going to, when the timer goes ding, whether we are mid-thought, mid-sentence, mid-word, we will stop what we are doing and um, then take a break. Because, yeah, and that thought will be lost forever. So is the timer ready? Timer is ready, Freddy. All right. And begin. Okay, I really like this last week's episode of Drag Race because it brought back some of my favorite bitches on the planet. Our second out, or no, our first out girls. First out girls. Our first out girls. Because we brought back a one, a Tempest Tajore, who is iconic. We brought back a James Mansfield who, um, I love her YouTube channel. Um, if you are not watching James Mansfield uh, style wigs on YouTube, what are you even doing with your life? And then Nothing. Also, you're doing nothing. You're, you're doing life wrong. And then you also have a one... From the House of Hall! <laughs> the Mackie Doll! Chicago's Mackie Doll, Kamora Hall. Um, we love her she's so pretty because she was rooting for us which she still can't say correctly. she still can't say it properly <laughs> it's so bad it's so bad but so the they brought back three first out queens i thought they were random decisions um but i was i was here for it um and they got to be brought they were separated into groups and the group of current queens had to do a like Sarah McLaughlin yes. um, uh, like donate PSA. now save the animals save the drag queens but a save the first out drag queens <laughs> um, commercial where they had to write their own commercial and come up with their own concepts for each each group but it did also have to rhyme which at first I, I thought was that like... was at first, I, I was like, oh, Tempest is saying that it has to rhyme because so that'll be their group's thing. And then it all rhymed. Oh, and it was very Dr. Seuss. Yeah, it was very Dr. Seuss. I don't know why they wanted it to rhyme. I think they were hoping it would because they had like the music playing in the background. It'd be like, it'd be kind of like a song, but not really a song. And I think they were all hoping they were all going to deliver it more like Bosco, who did it more like a slam poet. Kind of like it was just like, it all rhymed, but it wasn't. Ba, 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 ba. It wasn't an iambic pentameter. Everybody else delivered their lines like they were Dr. Seuss or Shakespeare and iambic pentameter with their rhymes on the right beat, and it was too much. But I still I'm confused. Like this, if this is a P, this is supposed to be a Sarah McLaughlin style PSA for a drag queen, none of that really screams. This must be written in rhyme. Rue was high that day. She was still high on that coffee colonic. <laughs> Rue was on drugs and was like... And We're doing it, everything in rhyme. <laughs> and, and it will rhyme. And it will shall rhyme. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe they just wanted to make it more challenging. Maybe 
maybe Tempest was like, and then we'll make ours rhyme. And everybody else was like, sure. Sure, we'll do that. And nobody on the judging panel was like, why'd y'all make it rhyme? That was dumb. Because <laughs> it, it made no sense to me. And it was off. It, it was clearly a detriment to some of the girls because those girls, some of those girls did not, cannot. Cannot speak and rhyme properly. Did not, cannot. Um, um, but... So what I am noticing by what I am noticing, what I think production is trying to make me notice, <laughs> is that a one, our straight queen Maddie Morphosis is a good idea girl. She'll come up with some ideas and she'll kind of like get the ball rolling. And then all the other bitches do like take those ideas and run with them and then they get rewarded for her ideas or for or they're all everybody in her group is safe because she figured out how to make it work for everybody mm -hmm. and i'm like interesting i'm waiting to see if that comes to head well i mean it kind of reflects her style of drag in a way because there's always a it, it, it's clear that metamorphosis has like a very clear concept and a very clear like referential uh, structure like to her drag mm -hmm. it's just that like the execution is always just a little off or just like not quite like all the way like th I think uh, in the ball challenge we, we even Rue said that there was like I can see like I can see like you've got really good like uh, you got a really good like instinct but something is not like connecting all the, the way uh... Yeah, don't have the yeah. And then she goes off. On, <laughs> that's right. She goes off on that tangent. That that was the uh, that was the uh, coffee. That was the coffee enema happening. Yeah. But and so like, and we saw it even in uh, like they were talking uh, in the even in the challenge that last challenge, uh, she would say like uh, this was during the um, uh, they were doing their teaser challenge and she's saying she start she was like oh we can do like a parody of. Uh, you know the, the famous fight, the, the stuff, famous yeah. fight with uh, uh, Shangela and Mimi. I'm first, and then everybody's like, "Damn, Maddie, she's got some like good ideas." Well, in. I think even in this in this one, someone was like, "Girl, you come up with some like I feel like you're getting overlooked because you're the one coming up with the thoughts and the ideas, but it's just not being seen." And you're kind of like, "You're right." Because all of her good shit, because she came up with some really good shit for those uh, teaser trailers, yeah, and she was virtually cut out of it and you're like yeah but i watched it happen and that was funny shit yeah. <laughs> because it made dia's coming like when she came out as straight it made dia's even funnier because she said it like a little gay girl mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm yeah. straight too. That, and because that contrast for sure and just so they made things. her ride uh, they made her ride who, who was a dangerous guy as a dressed up as a cow. cow and you're like that's barely funny that's more like is did I just see that? Yeah, <laughs> that's what that was. So I mean, I I would also say that like, metamorphosis as a straight man does have a very different perspective on a lot of the queer, um, like references that obviously that he has to work with. Um, and it's kind of funny to see him like living in the queer world, especially during the mini challenge where they had to pop a balloon off of the the, of the pit, crew's, the pit butt. crew's butts. And everybody's like doing it or whatever. And then Maddie, it's Maddie's turn. And then RuPaul goes, ooh, child. And then Maddie's just like, oh, oh no. Oh. 
So, but the funniest part, though, is that, well, because it wasn't even like, it was kind of like, all right, I guess I'm going to do this. <laughs> it's like, I guess I'm but, but what's great is that the that balloon was on Bryce's butt, and Bryce is straight. Bryce is also a straight boy. So it was, let's put the two straight boys together. And I was like, oh, how very dare you. But this is entertaining. Um, it was not as entertaining as George's trying to jump on top and try oh, to Oh, you mean like the little thing. chihuahua trying to mount the Doberman? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> hey, there's a great Dane. And it was just, <laughs> and it, was, it sounded like a chihuahua. Oh, 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 oh. It was so silly. It was so silly. Um, but again, this was another really solid episode of Drag Race. Like, I haven't felt like too much like rigory overproduction like BS nonsense. Like when Orion, when Orion's cornbread, huh? You forgot to address cornbread. It's because I'm still in denial, but (laughs) I'll get there in a second because Orion's story, it gives me big Pearl energy and not even as interesting as Pearl. And so with Orion's story being like booted off, I was like, that checks out. Yeah. I think it was time. It was time. Um, because she was like, gave me like, Pearl sleepy energy. Yeah. But, okay, so cornbread. So cornbread, apparently during the previous week's uh, acting challenge, uh, doing the the teaser trailers, somehow had an injury in her ankle. And so from what I saw online on Twitter, um, it was a previous injury she had going in to the competition that that she thought was fine but uh-huh. wasn't fully fine and then she fucked it up and so that, then they're like bitch you got to go now and she's like well fuck so she ends up like we get a little tease about it at the top of the episode and then they all you know all the girls walk back into the uh, workroom mm-hmm. and then Carrie Colby's looking around going but where's Cornbread? Where's Cornbread? That's my home girl from from up the street and around mm-hmm. the corner because they're both LA girls. And then RuPaul comes in and we're like, oh, nope, I know what this is going to be. <laughs> it's going to be some bullshit. Oh, uh, what bullshit's coming now? And then, um, although, um, justice for Victoria's gone because <laughs> Cornbread, I, I'm happy she gets it, but justice for Victoria's gone, uh, gets a whole like she gets to record a message she gets to say goodbye to her squirrel friends she gets to you know hype up her friends i'm not gonna lie i started crying because i felt really bad for willow pill yeah. like she was because she's like you know she's like carrie you're my girl and i'm like well they're already friends and then she was like jasmine i still really i love you just keep listening <laughs> keep listening giving her advice out. and then she was like willow's crying i'm crying because i'm like but who's gonna help willow because cornbread was the one who was making sure she had hot water when her hands were getting stiff and helped her do like little things that her hands yeah, her fingers you saw couldn't that during do the, during the, the ball first, challenge yeah and i'm like but who's gonna take care of Willow? Oh, Willow. And even Willow was like, yeah, yeah that was, was a huge. Him. I'm hugely devastated. Like she was <laughs> the, she was the rock for me in this in this competition, and now she's gone, and I, I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself for, 
her in her absence. So, it's but really so we sad. got to go through this whole thing, and we get to see you know this whole thing for saying goodbye, and then an untucked. We get to watch that bitch pack up her shit, and open up her candy bar, and then book it. And uh, oh, what did she say? Because she did like a Vanjie thing going backwards. She said, "What did she say?" I already forgot. It was uh, so funny. It was it, it, it was like sprained ankle or something like that. Oh, I can't remember. I was it was like sprained ankle, sprained but she, ankle. Yeah, she pulled a Vanjie. And, <laughs> and she backed out. out of the of the workroom, and it was iconic. But again, I say justice for Victoria Scott, who also fucked up her knee um, on the first episode of Drag Race. Comes back in, you know, with the knee brace. They work around it as best they can. And they're like, you gotta go see a doctor. And then does Victoria get to have a, you know, goodbye message? And, you know, shout out to the homies and send her love. Nope, RuPaul says, unfortunately... Victoria can't be in the competition anymore because of her knee. Now let's play a mini challenge game. <laughs> let's go. Um, although it has been pointed out that Cornbread also did not receive an open invitation to come back to Drag Race. That's so true. So. At least not publicly well, but, but so, because all the other girls who've been kicked off earlier due to injuries have said, you have an open invitation to come back. Because, like, Veronica Green got one. Uh, Eureka got one. When a bitch gets, gets injured or gets sick, you know, you get, a, you get an open invitation. I think the thought is now is because sometimes these bitches be getting real messy online and get real or you find out that they're, you know, secretly been doing not so secretly been doing blackface for years or uh they're they get arrested or they do something that you're like mm, that's not on brand for a rude girl and then you're not required to bring them back because you didn't offer it but if they stay clean you can be like you know two months before or whenever they get the call be like hey bitch you want to come back in <laughs> we'll let you come back in all right get your shit together here's the, here's the, here's the runway list <laughs> So I think that that might be it, which I think kind of makes sense because you don't want to be like, hey, Victoria's gone. You have an open invitation to come back and then find out that, I don't know, she murdered somebody. She didn't murder anybody. Victoria's gone. I'm sure is a very lovely woman. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, it, it, it just seems that, you know, she had to, she had to leave the competition for medical reasons and it's dubious whether or not she has an open invitation to come back so yeah so i that's that's my thought process behind it but i could be wrong it's just my opinion it's just a theory a drag race theory <laughs> it's just a theory a <laughs> drag theory oh i wish we could be famous like matt pat <laughs> um but it was really good i'm really excited to see the next episode of uk versus the world which I think also, I think dropped today. I saw it a couple hours ago, yeah. It's pretty good. Oh, okay. See, look at you finally getting to watch it ahead of me now. Because I've been ahead lately. I didn't get a chance to. Well, the, the timing of these releases are bizarre. Yeah, they just all of a sudden show up and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I'll watch this now. No. Yeah. Um, although I do, because I use my VPN uh, and I watch it. Uh, the regular so season 14 I'm watching it 
through my VPN through the UK on WoW Presents, mm. and I can watch that shit at like 7 p.m. Oh, yeah. Like, way earlier before it airs. I'm like, <laughs> I'm watching it now. Spoil the shit out of it. I'm not going to spoil the shit out of it. I'm not a monster. I'm not a monster. I'm not a monster. But I could be. Because <laughs> I could. I have the capabilities. I too. have the capability. And because when I'd watch it on Netflix in the UK, I would have to wait until midnight to watch that shit online. Right? And do you know how hard it is to be scrolling through, uh, like, YouTube, especially on your computer, and not have that shit spoiled? I found out when Olivia Lux went home, and I was really upset because of the uh, What You Packin' with Michelle oh, yeah. Visage. I don't, I don't even watch those segments very frequently unless there's somebody I really wanted to look at. Um, but there I was, the scrolling through, and then, like, because the thumbnail doesn't spoil it. But when your mouse rolls over it, it starts playing oh, some of it. Oh, I see what you mean. So I was scrolling, and then my mouse just, little clicker, just ended up hovering over it. And then as, and the first image up. it shows is Olivia Lux, and I went, God damn it. You're like, shit. Well, I wonder who's going home. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that big of a surprise by that point, because you're kind of looking at everybody going, like, well, Rose ain't going home. Simone ain't going home. Uh, Gottmik ain't going home. Candy Muse? Probably not. And then you're like, I mean, Olivia McShange, Josh Arian. But still, they could have shocked me. They could have sent Candy home. Candy home again. <laughs> again. <laughs> I mean, they were doing it every other week at that point. Hey, Candy, go lip sync. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you want me to go home now? No? Okay. I mean, gaslighting the shit out of these girls now. Oh, that does... Re- uh, just bringing up Olivia Lux from... Bring, uh, just reminded me of Utica's um, roast performance <laughs> and how it's so iconically bad. How awful it was and just like like uncomfortably cringy it was to watch this girl flounder so hard. Oh man! But who was talking about it recently? I think Trixie again, and was like, but like. How amazing are you to be able to look at RuPaul and tell her to stand up? Like, yeah, that's fucking badass. <laughs> She's like, that takes some balls. That, that takes some. That takes monstrous balls. That will, I think, be one of those things. Like, a lot of it is like iconically bad, but won't like live off in infamy. But RuPaul, like, just telling <laughs> telling Utica to shove off. Like, she like flips her off. She like... flips her off, and then I think like. <laughs> shoves her like hand through her like or her yeah. whole arm through a thing like just you know right up the butt right up your butt and it's so good it's so good if she had opened with that she would have been smooth sailing Hysterical. it would have been fine Hysterical. it would have been great i love it i love utica yeah i think i was even watching like a one of those like oh here's some like highlights from these random seasons yeah. and she like turned the party on the runway god like, her runways week. are great like even to this like some of her looks like the sleeping bag look affected like she was on the cover of like what vogue that mm-hmm. that week yeah like she's i think uh, everybody remembers her as being kind of a kooky queen but like she had really strong fashion forward runways 
Oh yeah, I think it was. It was. Oh, they're all really fierce, and I think that it's still a travesty that she didn't win that ball with that sleeping bag, because it was so well done. Because Got Mick won it with a few straps, like scraps of fabric. Yeah, and I did rewatch that episode, and her constructed look. It wasn't that great. It wasn't. And they're like, mm, but you went to fashion school. And we're like, mm. and they're like, you went to fashion school. So we're going to keep an eye on you. And I'm like, she went to fashion school and that's what she made? Yeah. A dinar. A dinar. Okay. So, uh, yeah. But I'm excited for more UK versus the world. Really, I'm really excited for more Jimbo on my television because I love her. Well, all I will say in this next episode that Jimbo uh, Jimbo has a unique moment with Rue. Um, that's not surprising because Jimbo only has unique moments. And I'm sure <laughs> it is um, special. It's particularly special. And it kind of gets my brain wondering a little bit <laughs> interesting i'm excited for that i'm really excited for that then that's all i'm gonna say because there goes my timer timer ring 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 i hope i canceled that oh well yeah it went bye bye um and so are we because we're gonna take a break we take a break y'all okay bye-bye back y'all back we even took an extra long break because i have puppy on my leg puppy on leg he he wanted to be a podcaster and then decided he wanted to go lay down in the the, the crate <laughs> and so he went to go lay down in the crate which is usually like the punishment spot but when you volunteer to go in it's like the bomb.com because it's like a cave yeah, especially with the amount of shit you have on top of it. Yeah, especially with the blanket and all that. It's like it's very much like a hiding spot. As in a cave. Um, hey, let's talk about the latest episode of The Mandalorian Season 3. Also known as Episode 6 of The Book of Boba Fett. A.K.A. Book of Boba Fett Episode 6. Yeah, we're getting uh, a lot of Mando these last couple episodes, and it just keeps coming. This episode was so good, because first, okay, because it's, the title is, like, uh, Stranger from the Sands or something like that, and who pops up first but Timothy Oliphant, and I'm like, I love you. Um, JJ will only refer to him as Daddy. Hi, Timothy. (laughs) How you doing? Uh... Also think he's handsome, uh, but I also think calling somebody daddy is gross. I, I, I can't relate, um, but you do you, boo. We don't kink shame here, but yeah, because he like just shows up and just like immediately smokes people. I'm like, oh yeah, remember that you're a badass because I remember you're a badass. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, and then, so then uh, we see uh, Din Djarin go and he's a... Uh, I love the the shooting style of this because it's like an upskirt shot of him flying. Yeah, it's through his crotch. And it's an upskirt. 
And I'm like, that's so funny. And then at the end, you find out that it was the Dave Filoni directed episode. You're like, "Mm, that checks out. Dave Filoni doing the upskirts. I like it. But um, he flies off and he's like, I'm going to go see my son at school. (laughs) I'm going to see my son at uh, Jedi school. And bring him a new shirt. And bring him a little present. Bring him a little change of clothes. It'll be great. And he flies off and who do we see r2 we get to see r2 again i was like ah, it's r2. r2 there's a lot of squeals in your notes and that makes me happy because uh-huh. i was doing the same thing so um and so we see r2 and then we cut over and we see uh luke and um girl when i say that deep fake looks so much better this season than i did last season i was convinced that that like they they resurrected like old footage of of him and use that i was like that I, that's uncanny that looks it was like just so well just done like work, work there animal. were moments when watching it where i was like oh yeah they're giving him zero expressions on his face which i get like he was like stoic luke from like return of the jedi but also it was there was a lot of non-emotion that was happening that could have yeah. been more emotion if it was really Mark Camel, but it was still really well done. That guy that hired off from off the internet was phenomenal. Because <laughs> they Hysterical. did. It was the guy yeah. who did the deep fake off the internet and posted it, and Disney was like, hey, "Oh, hey, need you. you're gonna come work for us." So his work, mwah, brilliant, wonderful, and we get to see Grogu doing all sorts of really cute things like levitating frogs because he's like nom noms. And then he gets chastised. And then Luke's like, here's all the frogs. These are all the frogs. He's like, nom nom everywhere. (laughs) Nom noms. (laughs) Um, Okay, but then like the thing. So also, we get to see where Grogu was during the execution of Order 66. Which was like, oh. Because he's getting to see what happened. And he was already in Jedi school. Because he was in Jedi school when... Uh, when Anakin yeah. and the brings in all of the 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 clone troopers mm-hmm. to just start like wrecking shop, and you're like, damn, that's what the actual Mandalorian season three should be about. It should be about that. I want to see more of that. But it was really cool to see that like wreck shop, all that fun stuff. Um, and then I love that we get Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano again. Yep, yep, yep. Because I, I keep, uh, I don't I, know, I, I keep forgetting I, if that's her name or not, and you're I was like, like Ahsoka? I think it's Ahsoka. I know, I saw that in your notes, Ahsoka question mark, and I was like, shout JJ for remembering, I'm so proud of you. I did it. <laughs> I did it, I'm smart boy. Uh, but, so, because she has her own show coming up, so I was like, yeah, you fit her in there to remind her, be like, I was like, what you doing Remember there? Remember me? Remember me? <laughs> What you doing there, Ahsoka? And I was like, you better remind people that you have your own show on Disney Plus coming out because that's what you did. Because that's what you're doing. Also, like, the nerd part of me that the little bit of the Clone Wars TV show that I watched, I didn't watch much, knows that that's where Ahsoka comes from. And Ahsoka was the Padawan of Anakin Skywalker. So when she says she's an old friend of the family, you go, he you are. you are. And then later when she goes to talk to Luke and she's like... Oh, you're, you're so much, you're like, so much your like your father, dad, yeah. Your father, and you're like, because she knows she's one of the few people who really knows and can speak fondly of her dad, uh, of his dad, and be like, yeah, I remember the good times. He's a fucking asshole now, but <laughs> back in the day, he was pretty cool. And to have okay, that, a little you're bit like, of a bitch, but okay, hate sand. 
but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Has a weird thing about sand, yeah. but you know, we but don't otherwise. talk about it. <laughs> otherwise, he's fine. He's cool. <laughs> a little stalkery, but cool. It's a little creepy. It's fucking sand for no goddamn reason, but you know, we don't, we don't kink shame. But, uh,. And what else did I like about this? Um, I loved his little, he got little, little, I love when they're going for a walk and Luke is like force levitating him to like force jumping him so he can make it to like, so he can keep mm-hmm. up. And it's like, it's so cute. It's really the whole episode of me doing, it's so cute. Well, yeah, like during it's his so little cute. training when he's like with the, the little, uh, the training droid that shoots lasers at him. Uh, him like hopping from rock to rock I was like oh his little jumps they're so precious <laughs> <laughs> it's so good um, and so Din Jaren ends up listening to Ahsoka when she's like why are you really here and he's like he, he won't admit it but he's there because he wants to be there yeah, and he, he was like to... okay I'm not going to disrupt this kid's life because I want him to be as successful as possible so he leaves leaves the little armor and he goes and books it and leaves it to Ahsoka for, for so Ahsoka and Ahsoka yeah. leaves it with Luke and then we're gonna like bounce back over to like the cantina and that shit just gets blowed up yeah they, they didn't they didn't blow it they up they didn't blow it up like all them people, so like, hey Jennifer Beals, I thought you were gonna do cool shit in this show. No, nah. no, nah, nah, she she did get blowed up. She didn't get blowed up. Cause I was at first, I was like, oh, they're just sitting there doing nothing, and then the guy lifts up. He's like, hey, you forgot your thing. I'm like, oh no. He was like, oh, that's not gonna be good. That's not gonna be good. And then it was like a big explosion, and I was like, oh, they killed all the people. Yeah, I thought they were only pretty... gonna kill some of the people, but they killed all the people. Yeah. And I was like, oh no. And then. um so then Din Djarin, uh ends up meeting up with Timothy Oliphant. You're like, oh yeah, you're in this episode. I was so distracted by Grogu and Luke. <laughs> hey, honey, how you doing? And so Din Djarin's like, hey, y'all should help us because we want the help. And they're like, maybe we'll see. I don't know. And he was like, all right, well, this is the info. I'll come back and talk to you later. He bounces and then... Out from the distance, we see a figure walking, and you're like, "Oh!" And then, so I'm watching this again. I've watched, I've watched all of the Bad Batch, which this is like, this came into an important step. And so you're like, you're seeing a figure, and I'm like, I wonder who's coming. Um, figure comes a little bit closer. I was like, is that? I don't know. And then figure gets a little bit closer, and I was like, oh fuck, <laughs> it's, it's. Cad motherfucking Bane. <laughs> he starts strolling on up, and I'm like, is he? They they doing live action? Really? 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 Uh-huh. And so he comes closer. He's so fucking like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was so sexy. Like, I love his voice. And then, but also he likes scary. He's scary face. Yeah, he's and scary to man. turn that from the C- little CG cartoon to like practical, like real life person, I was like, because <gasps> when that when that hat lifted up, you saw the scary eyeballs. I was like, oh no. Yeah, I know. I felt like okay, this definitely was like a reveal of some sort, but I'm definitely not in the loop. Yeah. I was like, okay, you you're, you're clearly scary important. <laughs> you're clearly important. And so, um, the thing about Cad Bane is that. He is one of the best bounty hunters in all of the galaxy. Like, and has 
apparent like history with Boba Fett. Uh-huh. And like the implications is that like there's a dent on Boba Fett's helmet that I think was later retconned to be true that uh, it was that that dent in his helmet was a shot that was fired from Cad Bane. Uh-huh. I see. They got beef. Um, but he is there on behalf of the Pike on behalf of the Pike Syndicate to be like, no. And then um, fucking whoever this deputy is, whose name I don't think we ever got, I was watching a recap on it from previewed and they just called him Tristan. So I'm going to call him Tristan now. Cool. The deputy Tristan comes out and I'm like, motherfucker, go back inside. And he's like, no. I'm not. Yeah. And Timothy Olshat was like, go back inside. And he was and like, he d- no, no, he didn't listen. I'm not. And so what does he do? He goes and causes a distraction. And you know what Timothy Olshat does? Glances over that way and then glances back. And that's all that Cad Bane needs. And he shot him in the shoulder. Yeah, and practically at the same time shoots the, shoots and then, the deputy. And then, she's the, and then Tristan gets shot a whole bunch of times. I was like, a yeah, fuck Tristan, you deserved it. <laughs> fuck like, you. You should not have been there in the first place. How dare you? How very dare you. And one of the best things ever is like when the people all come run, run out, there was like a girl, her name's like Joe, walks mm. out, runs, looks at the deputy and goes, nope, fuck nope, you, Tristan. Fuck you. Immediately runs over to Timothy Olyphant. That's right. <laughs> Check on daddy. <laughs> I was like, oh, nobody liked him. <laughs> He's like, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> fuck <hold> you, on. <laughs> Tristan. Um, so that was great. And so, and then he walks away like fucking badass that he is. And I'm like, God damn, Cad Bane. God damn it. And then we cut back to Luke and Grogu. And Luke's like, hey, Grogu, you have a choice to make. Your friend, the Mandalorian brought you this really cool armor if you would like to have that you can but wait or if you don't take the armor (laughs) behind door number two is yoda's lightsaber Ooh, said the price is right audience (laughs) (laughs) because if you decide to take the lightsaber you can you cannot go go play with your your mando daddy no like um, you gotta cut ties with dad, but if you take the the chainmail, I can't train you to be a Jedi, and it's this big cliffhanger because we're all supposed to be like, oh, I wonder what he's going to do, and obviously he's gonna go hang back out with <laughs> with Mando because that's his buddy, that's his dad. He that's was his... even like reached out his hand when he flew away. He was like, but dad. Oh you my God! You're right. Here. He did. He saw the he saw the plane run. He saw the airship go away, and he's like, "Oh, come back!" But daddy. Or maybe he was like trying to force. A like, force, force, force it. The, eh, come back. But yeah, uh, we leave off the cliffhanger of. Uh, what will he choose? What What will Grogu choose? Um, and yeah, then we get. I think in, in an hour we get to see what. What becomes of Grogu? I know. I was like, I might go home and go to bed. And now I'm like, but now I'm awake because we're talking about cool shit. I might go home and <laughs> been like, well, I guess I'm going to watch the finale of the Book of Boba Fett. Because <laughs> otherwise I'm going to look like a square at school. <laughs> Heaven forbid. 
what my students like to talk Heaven about forbid. it. And if I go to school and they're like, did you watch the episode? I'm going to be like, no, I didn't. I went to bed like a grown-up. They're going to be like, you're a loser, Miss Joanna. And I'd be like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> you know what? Fair. Fair. Absolutely Accurate fair. statement. Absolutely fair. Hey, JJ, did you watch more Nanny? I did watch more Nanny, and I have completed season three, finally. Finally. So you get to... Okay, so my favorite thing about all of this is the last episode, because we can skip over a lot of this stuff, because I've been wanting to talk to you about this episode for forever because it's a big deal it's a pretty big damn deal actually <laughs> and what's a bigger deal is going to be you start the next episode correct <laughs> because how that one starts you go oh <laughs> you're like oh well <laughs> it's so good um but the 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 whole thing ends with fran and maxwell on an airplane and... Yeah, they're on their way back from, like, Paris after they... The whole episode is, like, they've... It's so dumb. Maxwell is supposed to go to Paris to, like, convince his brother not to invest in a nightclub. Because I guess his brother is, like... His younger brother is, like, really, uh, like, irresponsible. And is, like, the, the, like the screw-up of the family. And so he's like, I gotta go deal with this thing. At the same time... Fran is supposed to be watching Cece's dog, mm-hmm. and in a like kind of bait switch, real silliness, she accidentally gives uh, Maxwell the dog bag instead, and accidentally leaves uh, the like I think he has like his coat or whatever, his actual luggage with was left with uh with fran and so she's like i gotta go get i gotta go you know switch the luggage and because it's you know sitcom logic she gets stuck and is forced to go to paris (laughs) with maxwell and then like during the time that they're there they kind of have like moments where they like really start to kind of get closer and closer um and then it culminates when they leave uh, on the flight home and they experience a little bit of turbulence at first, and, and Fran's like, okay, this is kind of freaky, and Lamax was like, no, this is this is quite normal. And then it gets to be a lot of turbulence, and they're like, okay, this is not normal. My favorite is, like, because this is the episode where she's like, oh, you never, like, you only have to look at the uh, the flight attendants and see what's going on, and the flight attendants, like, screaming she's at like everybody. She's, like, screaming down the hall, down the aisle. She's like, oh, my God. Put up here. Put up here at your drink table. Do you want us all to die? She's like, oh, shit. Okay, fine. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Maybe we should be concerned. Yeah, so, like, it's it's very clear that, like, they're experiencing something very, very, very serious and in a fit of, like, you know, in the moment that they're, you know, where they realize we're about to die, they profess their love for each other, and they like make out furiously, and then that's the end of the episode, and you're like, but, uh, but, but I've been but, waiting three seasons for this. But, 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 could you imagine having to wait for the new season to drop after that? Yeah, wait an entire what year, or however months it is between seasons. Yeah, it, like it's Cause yeah I think several sitcoms, months because sitcoms it would, would end in like the spring and would pick re- back up in the fall, fall right? Yeah. yeah, so you had at least a solid half, like six months at least. Yeah, you had the whole summer to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> what happened to them? Did they survive? If I was cruel, I'd lock you out of the HBO <laughs> for six months. <laughs> Just so I can experience this. Well, there, there Welcome goes this. to my world, bitch. <laughs> well, there goes this segment. 
You'll catch up on other shit like the rest of us had to. Like the rest of us had to. But, uh, yeah, so we're left with this huge introduction, this huge entry into Fuckwatch Fran and Maxwell edition, and then you gotta watch for the next episode. Now you gotta wait till, now you have to wait till the start of season four. Which will probably be Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) Which will be in a couple days when I have the time to sit down and watch the start of season four. It'll be great. Um, but no, I love this show and I love that it's, I love how consistent it stays with its like level of greatness. Like, cause sometimes like when like the cute kids grow up, you're like, mm, I don't care anymore. You're like, nope, Gracie's still funny as shit. Yeah. And she's still like weirdly old for her age yeah. and still like bizarrely, like they do downplay her. Cause I think at some point in this season or was it last season that they actually like her therapist said that she doesn't need therapy anymore. And so they were like, oh, yay. But she still has, like, moments of, like, she's clearly, like, psychoanalyzing Fran. Yeah. And she's only, like, I think... I think by this point she's probably, like, 10? Ish. Ish? Because I think Brighton is 14. Because he, in a previous episode, he's, he was getting... And I think it's actually this... Was it this episode? No. It was two episodes ago when they were on a uh, cruise. Yeah. That he was bar mitzvahed. Yes. So he was... I think that's around 14, 15. And Maggie, I think, is still... She's got to be still in high school. She's just at least 17 then. Yeah, 16, 17. 16, 17. But it's some good shit. It's so funny. It's so camp and... It's... Uh, this is like sitcom writing... That like we do you don't ne- you never would see this nowadays I feel like like this kind of sitcom this like both really campy but still really highbrow humor yes existing at the same time because I feel like and there's no shade but shade to com- you know sitcom writers now it's just it always aims for like low hanging fruit and like strives for like the least common denominator co- type of like comedy and this was. This kind of hit both, but in an elevated way. Yes. And Fran, they spent money on her wardrobe because she's looking so good in every episode. Always. Always. Always, always. Hair quaffed to the gods, face beat, and she's always got, she's got body yaddy yaddy for days. She was a hot piece. Still she is. still is. I mean, so is, so is uh, Charles Shaughnessy. You can still get it. Swoon. Swoon. And on that note, let's take another break. Yeah, while I while I swoon. <laughs> oh, swoon, swoon, swoon. Oh my god, I cannot with the housing market right now, Joanna. Have I not told you about Capital Realty Center? Oh, the premier realty group that supported and succeeded throughout the California landscape? Now I remember. If that's what you're looking for, call Kathy Johnson at 916-606-0687 to win that next bid. That's Kathy Johnson with Capital Realty Center at 916-606-0687. License number 02021378. But we're back. I do declare. Claire St. Clair. Claire St. Clair. But we're back. But hi, we're back. And so we're going to talk about some uh, stuff that's coming up. And uh, Netflix is like a whole bunch of stuff that they announced that's yeah, coming out this year. Netflix has uh, announced like a bunch of like, this is basically like their summer blockbuster 
uh, lineup. They have a bunch of heavy hitters um, as far as like actors and uh, different different movies that they're in. So uh, just the, kind of going down the list, we get uh, we have a Ryan Reynolds and Zoe Zeldana movie called The Adam Project. Um, Ryan Reynolds is a is a pilot who, who journeys into the past in order to save the future with the help of his the younger version of himself and their father who's already died. Cool. So it's stars Zoe Zaldano, Mark Ruffalo, Jennifer Garner, uh, Walker Scobell, and Catherine Keener. Uh, that name sounds familiar. Who is Catherine Keener? I'm, as soon as I like see a picture, I'll be like, oh yeah, that. Oh yeah, homegirl. She's been in a bunch of shit. Yeah. And I love the fact that like we get um, Mark Ruffalo and Zoe Zaldana out of the MCU in in, a, in the same movie. Well, Ryan Reynolds too, because Ryan Reynolds is technically in the MCU. Oh, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. We're at the point though where you can't like. You can't like, toss a stone and be like, "Oh, I I, do, I happen to hit an MCU uh, actor uh, actor shit." <laughs> well, I mean, because the next one's starring uh, Jamie Foxx, and you're like, mm, "He was just in the MCU. He's gonna be in the show Day Sh- or it'd be in Day Shift, a movie, I think." Yeah, he's a single father who spends his day looking after his daughter and traveling around the San Fernando Valley, where he works as a pool cleaner. Good for him. But he, but apparently he gets, uh, his, this took a turn. <laughs> the man's nights, however, are consumed by his actual job, slaying ghouls as a member of World's International Union of Vampire Hunters. Oh, that's fun. So he's Blade. <laughs> uh, basically, he's Discount Blade. He's Discount Blade. So we get a uh, day shift with uh, Discount Blade, uh, J.B. Fox, also starring Dave Franco, Carla Sousa, Megan Good, Natasha Liu Bordizo, Oliver Masucci, oh, yeah, Snoop Dogg. Oh, okay. Steve Howey, Scott Adkins, and Zion Broadnax. Sure. Oh, you know, I was going to say, you're going in here. Then we got Spiderhead, which is another movie. Oh, uh, starring oh this one I know or heard about because it's starring Journey, uh, Journey Smollett, who's Jesse Smollett's sister. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, I'm excited that she gets to go do something and not have to talk about her brother anymore. <laughs> Leave her alone. Let her be in a movie and be happy. And then also Chris Hemsworth is in it. Chris Hemsworth in it. Uh, Slumberland. Oh. With Jason Momoa looking spoopy. Ugh. Looking spoopy all over my. Spoops. We have uh, Guillermo del Toro is doing a Pinocchio. I remember reading about this. This is kind of intriguing to me. I do love me a good uh, Guillermo del Toro movie, and he's coming in swinging hard. We've got Ewan McGregor, Tilda Swinton, Kate Blanchett, Ron Ron Perlman. He's hitting like he's getting everybody up in this gig. Uh, our favorite Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things. He's in everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
There was something that was coming up on here because I'm like, I'm going to skip through some of this because I don't care. Enola Holmes, too. I really oh, liked yeah. Enola Holmes. I'm really excited they're making another one because it was just a fun movie. Was it, the, like, earth-shatteringly great? No. But it was fun. I enjoyed it. I will gladly watch another one because it was, it was lovely. Oh. Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele kind of team up and... In this, uh, what looks like a some sort of like stop animation film, Wendell and Wild. That's kind of fun. That's fun. Oh, they're also making a sequel to Knives Out. I mean, Knives Out too. I didn't know that was just gonna be a Netflix thing. Good for them. Yeah, Daniel Craig coming back as Benoit Blanc, in a basically another like murder mystery whodunit. That'll be fun. I enjoyed it. Oh, Catherine Hahn. Leslie Odom Jr. I like those people. I'm excited. Edward Norton. I haven't seen Edward Norton in a while. Good for him. Good for him. He needed to do something besides sitting around not being the Hulk. <laughs> Just wringing his hands. God damn it. I wish I was the Hulk. Remember when Shit. I was the Hulk? Remember when I was the Hulk? Um, that, sh- that movie wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of was, though. Talk they're, to Eric Bana. <laughs> they're, 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 uh, this is fair. Cool. <laughs> That's the one we don't speak That's of. That's the one we don't even speak of. That's how bad it is. Um, this one at least is MCU canon. <laughs> Mostly. They're doing a really good job retconning that movie into making it be something that actually people care about. Right. <laughs> Remember when that movie was bad? Now it's only kind of bad. Because there's shit you care about. Um, speaking of, of retconning things that were bad... <laughs> We're getting an Obi-Wan Kenobi series called Kenobi, and it's going to retcon uh, Hayden Christensen. Yep. Apparently that's what we're doing. <laughs> Hayden Christensen, the man. <laughs> because Homeboy did nothing since... The, the man, his... <laughs> the actor, the the character, all of Hayden Christensen's just being His entire existence is being retconned. <laughs> but you know what's great? Everybody, nerds, everywhere, like, oh my god, Hayden Christensen. I was like, remember when, like, last week you were talking about how shitty he was as an actor because you hate those movies? Nostalgia, man. It's real. I mean, yeah. We also know very little about what they're actually going to do with this series, even though we watched a whole, like, teaser thing on it. And it's still, it's like, it doesn't give you a whole lot. It doesn't give you a whole lot. It's a thing. We Um, know that uh, the homeboys are reprising their roles. We hear... Liam Neeson's voice. No, that was a that was I that heard a... that was the the trailer I thought was a trailer, but it wasn't really a trailer. It was a fan made trailer. Oh, gotcha. And I was now I'm sad because I was like, no, but I want I want Ewan McGregor to have to follow Liam Neeson's voice to figure out what he's <laughs> doing with his life. I want that for him. Yeah. And also, um, so okay. I don't mind that Hayden Christensen is coming back. I don't mind that they're like, he's Darth Vader, because he technically is. However, if you're going to tell me that we're going to get Hayden Christensen voice out of the Darth Vader suit, I will flip a table. I will flip a table. I will be Trixie and Katya watching that bad gay holiday movie. It will be not okay, because James Earl Jones is still not dead. <laughs> he is still actively doing shit. Don't put that into the universe. It's still very early 2022. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but he's still... Has anybody checked on him recently? Speaking of which... <laughs> We're fine. He's actively doing stuff. And we also have 
a dud of his voiceover. Like, his voice, his Vader voice isn't any different from, like, his Mufasa voice. Like, it's just his voice. And you're like, yeah, that's the voice. We got... If you were going to have the speaking voice of Darth Vader, when it's through the Darth Vader helmet, can only ever be James Earl Jones. If you want to give me Anakin flashbacks, love it. Bring back Hayden Christensen. If we're going to have slightly deformed face no mask talking before he gets like really looking like mashed potatoes <laughs> let it be Anakin. let it be Hayden Christensen it's Anakin it's fine I'm great I would love to see weird interactions with that um, thoughts I would love to see uh, Clone Wars the television show flashbacks of Anakin <laughs> all that I want that that would be great because we're really pulling into like pulling in the CG like television shows the animated series and been like that we like that that's coming with us to live action now that we like that we're we'll pull that in um i would love to see some of that that'd be mwah, great beautiful wonderful yes do not give me hayden christensen darth vader mask i don't want it nobody asked for it <laughs> i stand firm on that and i will die on that hill Next celebrity death. Celebrity. <laughs> Loose term. Ouch, damn, burn. But, well, no, celebrity death meaning me. I'm gonna, cause I'll be dead. Oh, I thought you hill. were gonna kill him. No, I can't kill him. I can't do jail. Have you seen me? I can't do jail. I'm not cut out for that. I'm not. There's no drag race in jail. <laughs> but, yeah. That's my tangent. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, I don't know uh, what they're going to do with him as Vader as far as if we're going to get Hayden Christensen's voice out of... I'm. My assumption is that um, we're just not going to see him in helmet and just see, like, gross burn face. Yeah, and I'm okay with him doing the moving around. Put him in the helmet. Let him do the, the moving around stuff. It's just, it can't be his voice through helmet. I'm sorry. It's bad. It's sacred. Sacred. Yeah, and even if I loved him in the, uh, in the prequels, it's sacred. Because even in the prequels, when he took a... <sighs> he was then Vader. He was James Earl Jones. He suddenly became a black man. Well, that's a little, a little problematic. But uh... <laughs> it was problematic to hire a black man when you knew that that wasn't a black man under the mask. I mean, fair, but yeah, we'll see. We have until what is it? March, May. It was one of the end months. I shot. May because it's gonna it's gonna debut around May the fourth because it's Star Wars Day. Well, May the fourth be with you. Ugh, that's stupid. You just go take it up with the Star Wars fans. There's many of them. No. Oh, fine. Maybe they'll write in and complain. Please write in and complain. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh, also, not on our thing. The new trailer for the Lightyear, uh, little movie came out. Uh, like another like fuller trailer. It looks really cute. I'm excited. Also. Huh, I'm going on another tangent. Not really a tangent, but did you know 
So this movie, Lightyear, about Buzz Lightyear, is not actually supposed to be about the person Buzz Lightyear, but it's supposed to be a movie about the person Buzz Lightyear that they modeled the toy after. So we're watching a movie of a movie that made a toy. Yes. Were you aware of all that? Mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of you all that. You said that last time. No, I didn't. I thought it was a movie about the person. That was so Lightyear was about the person that they modeled the toy after. But it's not. They're saying that Buzz Lightyear the toy was modeled after a movie. And we're watching the movie. So it's the movie of a movie. Okay. I just found that fascinating. I was like, I didn't know that. That was a whole new level of things I didn't know. I don't know why they have to be that complicated about it. But I'm going to tell you also that the trailer didn't necessarily explain that. But apparently the director said that. But, I don't know. Somebody thought they were clever. Sure. Clever. That's the word. They thought. I said thought. (laughs) (laughs) That they were. Thought. But, um, hey. Thanks for listening to Nobody Asked Your Opinion. You can send us an email with any and all of your opinions at nobodyasteropinion at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at nobodyasteropinion. You can listen to us on YouTube at Nobody Asked Your Opinion Podcast. You can follow me at Joey Snow 2006 and you can follow JJ at Pianoman underscore zero five. Follow our unpaid intern Natalia at Third Rule Creative, Miranda the 10 Minute Recap Master at Miranda D. Lawson, and our producer Jonathan at Jelly Sound. Rate us and leave us a review wherever you get your podcast and tell your friends to check us out. Join us. Whenever we release episodes, because we're inconsistent, because we're a team of only, like, four people, and all of our editing goes to one human who um, sometimes doesn't get to it when he thinks he can. (laughs) And that's okay, because we appreciate him. We appreciate you, Jonathan. Um, And we recorded relatively on time this week, and last week. Yeah. So there's that. There's that. We still got a little late drop last week, though. I mean, I, we recorded at least some time. But we recorded, I think, on time. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because yeah. we were here last week. We were here last week. No, we were late. Were we late? We were late because you had already started watching the new episode of Boba Fett, which meant it was a Wednesday. Uh, yeah. But we're on time this time. We're on time today. We're on time, this super week. on time ooh, this ooh. time. And so if we're late, it's not our fault this time, but usually it's our fault. It's usually our fault. But, <laughs> we have no <nowhere> hey, <laughs> um, join us again next time. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.